our first reading is taken from page 12, which is Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to be reading verse 1 to 4a. That's very precise, 1 to 4a. Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. This is the word of the Lord. And now, if you are able, would you please stand for the gospel reading, which can be found on page 1006, and that's John chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 17. So page 1006, John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God was not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. How can anyone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Do sit down. Good morning. Uh, Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come and be with us. Lord, speak to each person this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we start, if you've got your own Bible with you, would you look at verse 16? And if you haven't already done this, would you cross out the world and write your own name in there. For God so loved Mike, and so loved Paulette, and so loved Em, that he gave. However, if you've got a church Bible, please don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's going to be really confusing for the next person who comes along and uses that Bible. Okay? So now we're going to look at Nicodemus. Um, I spent quite a bit of time on the internet um, having a a look for a picture. Can you imagine his confusion? I wonder what was going on through his mind. I was looking for an adult dressed as a baby, uh, but nothing seemed to clearly come that was right to use. But he clearly didn't get what Jesus was talking about, the difference between our body and our spirit. I think we've got an overhead here. Tom, yes, thank you. Apparently 99% of the mass of the human body is made up of six elements. So we're oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, and phosphorus. And uh, I think there's another one, Tom. And only 0.85% is composed of another five elements. Potassium, sulfur, sodium, chlorine, and magnesium. But all 11 are necessary for life. Well, I don't know about you, but if I think of myself as just 11 elements, it's a bit depressing, isn't it? We're so much more, aren't we? Life is more than we see and we experience in the physical world. There is a spiritual side to the whole of life. We are spiritual beings. And Jesus often used parables to tell a story which actually pointed to a deeper spiritual truth. Take, for example, the parable of the talents. The key truth there is if you don't use what you have, then you'll lose it. And that's true in the physical as well as the spiritual. Has anyone here broken an arm or a leg? Yes. You get it immobilized in plaster for about six weeks, don't you? And then when it comes out, you think, ooh, does that belong to me? It's all shriveled and and tiny and it doesn't move where you want it to. And it takes a lot of hard work 
and physio to get it back moving again because you haven't used it for a period of time. I think that's why we're told in 1 Timothy 4, don't neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. We tend to prefer the material world, don't we, which we can touch and we can see. And we tend to concentrate on here and now. But because God is spirit, then only his Holy Spirit can convey his image to his body. Because we're spiritual beings, Jesus says we must be born again. Or as some Bibles put it, born from above. And that's where it originated this expression, born again Christians. The Greek or Hebrew word for spirit, even when referring to the spirit of God, is exactly the same word that is used for biological breathing or even gusts of wind. There's plenty of wind lately, haven't we? Let's hope that's the Holy Spirit blowing. It's not surprising then that in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes and is described as a wind. Breath represents the fuel that sustains life. Just as we need oxygen to live, so our spiritual nature needs the Holy Spirit to live. So when we die, breath and spirit leave together at the same time, hand in hand. So when God formed man, he breathed into him life. Breath of life and spirit. Read that in Genesis 2, 7. Then, what we've come to know as the fall happened. Satan lied to Eve and told her she could eat the apple. You won't die. You'll be all right, he said. And of course, she didn't die physically, did she? But her spirit died. So that's the part that needs to be reborn or regenerated we've got another lovely example of this sometime later when Noah sent the dove, who again is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, sent him out from the ark and he didn't return when he found new life on which to land. So it is with us. The Holy Spirit requires new, born again life in which to dwell. We are body, soul and spirit. And the Bible makes a very clear distinction between the three. And I think there's quite a lot of confusion these days over soul and spirit, <coughs> and our spirit and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's got the capital letters, ours hasn't. So I think there's another PowerPoint. Tom, thank you. Yeah. So our body is obviously the fleshy bit we can see and touch, the bit that breaks the bones. Uh, it's a bit unfortunate that it does sometimes. But we're soul as well, and our soul contains our will, our personality, our intellect, and our emotions. And our soul possesses free will. And it's the master of all our actions. And it should be governed by the Holy Spirit. However, soul life is um, selfish life. It's self-life. 
It makes self the centre and it likes to make its own choices. And they're not always in accordance with God's will. It can quench the Holy Spirit because it leans on its own strengths and ideas and does not rely on God. There are two words in Greek translated for life. Zoa, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, and put me right if you understand Greek afterwards. That's God's life, the life of the spirit. And there's suki, natural life or soul life. And then we are also spirit. And it's our spirit that can be renewed and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. It contains our conscience and it's the place where we commune with God. It sends thoughts to the soul where we choose whether we obey or not. Ever just thought you should do something? A little thought drops into your mind and then you decide to do it and that's the Holy Spirit's leading. If you want to discover more about your body, your soul and your spirit, then read Watchman Nee's The Spiritual Man. It's an absolute revelation. Now, some people clearly realise that there is another side to life apart from physical and material world. C.S. Lewis wrote, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devil. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a, magi or a magician with the same delight. Whilst we might not fall into either of those two categories, we do need to be aware that, that as spiritual beings, we are in a spiritual battle. 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And we're all aware of the armour of God in Ephesians 6, and that our battle is not against flesh and blood. We also need to be aware that we don't dabble on the fringes um, of the other side either. And that's something that um, is very easy to get into, and the New Age movement um, encourages that sort of thing. While we don't want to give the devil too much attention, we need to realise that the battle is often in our minds. He is a liar and the father of lies. So we need our spirits alert and awake to perceive where he is at work. Satan's schemes attack our body. Eating disorders, comfort eating, lack of eating, anorexia, those sorts of things, dependency, alcohol, drugs, prescription meds, pornography. Or he attacks through our soul, our mind, with thought patterns that are not healthy, with fears and anxieties. I'm sure he's using coronavirus to have a wave of a time at the moment with fear and anxiety. Jesus said to Nicodemus, I have spoken to you of earthly things, 
and you don't believe, how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? The more we learn, the more we recognize the spiritual side to life and its significance. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 tells us, We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from God, from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So we need our spirits renewed to understand spiritual matters, to understand his word, to understand things like soul ties, generational ties, historic traumas, all those sorts of things that in God's kingdom can be healed. Jesus connects the idea of the kingdom with regeneration, which is very important because it's describing the spiritual nature of God's kingdom. But according to verse 5, this kingdom needs to be entered. So that means a decision and an action. I consider myself very fortunate that I can put a date on when I made that decision. And that was the 16th of December 1967, a long time ago now. But I know that's not possible for everyone. Some people grow into the kingdom. However, it's possible to believe, the devil does that, to be born into a Christian family, attend church regularly, but not know God personally because your spirit has not been born again. If you fall into that bracket, then take that step today and enter. Become that new creation spoken of in 2 Corinthians 5. If you feel that that is speaking to you this morning, then after communion, go and have prayer with someone at the back or speak to Paulette at the end or myself. But don't let that moment slip past because it's just so important. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are so much more than flesh and blood. We are soul and spirit, and Lord, you care for our soul as much as you care for our spirit. But Lord, you long for our spirits to be born again, to know you, to know you in that personal way. And so we pray, Lord, that each person here today will know you and your word of life to them today. In Jesus' name, amen.